Hey friends, you're listening to Go Home Bob or You're Drunk, an irreverent media podcast. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Go Home Bible, You're Drunk, the podcast that probably, if you don't already have one, give you a reason to drink, sadly. It's 2022. Everyone has reason. Some people are just of higher moral character than we are. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I was a pastor for many years, and I am not that now. And now I read the Bible, and I monitor Christian culture, and I drink about it. So... That's what we do on this podcast. I am not alone in this endeavor. I'm joined uh, by my lovely co-host. Hi, yeah, I'm Tori. And, you know, I was an evangelical for a long, longest time. Even longer, by the way, than like my schooling made necessary. I like did this shit by choice, just like you did. Yeah, and then when I was, in, I don't know, about 29, 30, it was kind of like, okay, this isn't, this isn't, I don't think that this is my calling anymore. Because <laughs> people are racist fucks. I shall be going now. <laughs> I realized people were racist and then I tried to fix it. And then they were like, no, no. And then, yeah, it was January, 2017. I was like, I'm out. Bye. Oh, did anything else happen in January, 2017? Well, it's the Trump inauguration. <laughs> huh. Or immaculation or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Good times. Good times. Good. So, and you know, no matter how many elections they lose, they still win. So there's that. Very cool shit. Yeah. So what are we, what are we going to talk about today, Tori? Um, well, I thought that we could, because we both had some, a a lot of lived experience here. I felt like we could maybe just talk about the way that Chris, well, evangelicals, at least white evangelicals overwhelmingly choose to educate their children. Something that was inflicted upon the both of us for I believe the entirety of our like academic career in terms of yeah good stuff I went to a public school in kindergarten and the rest was look at you fancy godless kindergarten yeah (laughs) and the rest was a private Christian institution Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I was I was homeschooled k through 12 so you know it was but I, we had the same textbooks. I think this is really funny. This has come up several times. You and I had the exact same textbooks. Yeah. Uh, I just was like reading them on my own. And you had somebody talking about, I don't know, like New World Order and like whether or not mm-hmm. barcodes were the mark of the beast in yeah. biology class. Yes. So, yeah. Yes. Anyway, we have a lot of, we have a lot of, uh, we have a lot of thoughts about this. Yeah. Including the fact that, you know, I personally think that kids 
have a right to an education and parents don't have a right to keep that from them, even if they're religious. So I guess that makes me some kind of extremist. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is an interesting moral line to cross or not, or to, to draw, I guess, not to cross as to who has the authority to determine what a kid learns Yeah, and how that impacts, you know, who they become. I mean, cause it will, you know, we've, we're living proof that once you read an actual biology textbook, shit goes out the window. Oh, Oh, okay. I see. Well, you know, and I think, I mean, biology is such a good example because I remember being told, well, in my, in my Christian biology, quote unquote textbook, they were just like, listen, it's all theory, right? Evolution is a theory. The Bible also a theory. You've got a biology textbook. You have a Bible. They're both words on paper. They both require faith. I'm not actually going to teach you the biology part because that fits together kind of like a puzzle. And what we're talking about makes no sense at all. But um, just know that those people are also like going strictly on faith. It's like, yeah. mm, no, no, that is, that is I've, incorrect. I've noticed this. I'm, I'm probably smarter people than me have noticed this long before I just decided to blurt it out today. But uh, <laughs> It, but it's like the rhetorical stance that is taken is kind of like a flattening of everything. Mm-hmm. Like everything becomes morally flat. Every all truth claims are kind of the same. So it, it doesn't, you know. Oh, you have heaps of data. Well, you know, I have faith, and those are about the same. The Bible has been around for much longer than biology. Yeah. So <laughs> could it? Would it still be around if it wasn't the truth, Tori? <laughs> been around for so long how could it not be true yeah you know oh god i am a rational actor in my life and i believe it's true so who's to say what's not true it's but like i mean i'm being facetious but it's like that's how some of these arguments go that's basically what we were told just a slightly more serious tone of voice yeah and so and that becomes a that becomes an issue when you're teaching a child because a child is going to believe what they're told by their trusted adults, generally speaking. And by the time they're old enough to question it, you know, they might be so far in, they may not for one, or they can vote, which is scary. Or you end up in a situation like a lot of us and our listeners uh, are in where it comes at a very high social cost. And some people just aren't willing to pay that. And I, I think that's fair. I was actually at a kind of a coaches meeting today, meeting with different people that do coaching in this space. And it's like pushing evangelical pastors on, you know, things like LGBTQIA inclusion, Black Lives Matter, like those things like, and, and really discerning what can you push an evangelical pastor on realistically? And what is the order that you do that in? Like, you know, in my denomination, they didn't say anything about Black Lives Matter. There was nothing in the bylaws about that. They just they just chose to pray for the police instead. That was a choice. But if you come out in support of the LGBTQIA community, you get fired. And that's that's income. That's you know that that's a lot of things that someone has to factor in before they want to do that. And you know, I made my choice, but I also understand that there are people that are in different positions. You know, maybe have a little better pension than I did. And just want to stay quiet. And I, you know, their material cost is there. So what can you push someone on 
and what kind of questions someone is going to ask after they've been indoctrinated their entire life. That's, that's not a non-issue. And that's why it's, I think that frustrates me when, you know, newly woke folk on Twitter are like, if you aren't down with everything right now, you're evil or whatever. Like, okay. I mean, that's, that's, that's fair. You're on, you're on the other team. Yeah. But like, there are a lot of people that are still in process here from literally a lifetime of indoctrination. It might take a little gentle. If some people, it might take a little gentler hand. And we might not have time for that. You know, I mean, that's that's a whole yeah, separate conversation yeah. too. Like, you know, whether we're just going to drag people along, club them on the heads, or just like revolt against them. I, you know, right. We, that's right. another podcast. But <laughs> I like when I look at the scope of what I was taught throughout my entire life, and the like, and all that it took for me to get away from it. I still sometimes wonder, like how did I, how did I do that? Yeah. Cause it's, there's so much banging around in this noggin that is very evangelical <laughs> and very wrong. It's like, I'm just, this is why we drink to forget. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yes. We, we do not want to remember. I don't want to remember that there are piano chords that are evil. <laughs> oh my God. I was taught that in school. <laughs> Certain piano chords are evil. I mean, they're just labelings, you know, if you're talking about like for of sound. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I guess that makes sense. Like some of them could probably possess you if they were the right size and frequency. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. So uh I don't know. Like I was I was I was homeschooled. My mom made this like every time she got to talk about it, she would talk about it like I just, I just love being home with my children all day. Okay. So here's the thing is I got, uh, I received, I've been no contact with my parents for two years and I received a box of shit from my mother via my ex. That's like all from my childhood this week was kind of in my feels about it a little bit. Uh Uh-huh. Real. And so I was going through and there was actually, it turned out there was a lot of stuff that I actually wanted to have. My parents are moving to Dallas, Texas, where their fundamentalist religious asses belong. And uh, so they're trying to get rid of shit. Yeah. Praise. And so I'm like, I'm like going through all this stuff. And like, a lot of it is like family stuff, right? That, that, but a lot of it is like shit about my mother, like times that she got like written up in the newspaper for like homeschooling or for winning an award or, you know, whatever. And, you know, she also, I mean, just for context, it was very much not just the education piece, which my mom was not qualified to educate anyone in junior high or high school, period. That is it. The end. That said, (laughs) she was very, very self-assured, which I think is really funny because like she was younger than I am now right? Doing all of this stuff. And I mean, yeah, when my mom was my age, she was teaching me and I was in, what what was I? I guess it was probably in like sixth grade at that point. (laughs) Like I could not teach sixth grade. I'm sorry. Like I just, I couldn't do that. But so there's all these like newspaper clippings and like there where she was like interviewed on like the local news and it was just, it was really, it was kind of like a narcissist gift box. Yeah, like, <laughs> like here's, not, here's like, your here's stuff, stuff about, about me. me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which was incredible. You know, obviously I am not qualified to diagnose my mother with any personality disorder. However, that's, if, if that were going to be a thing, a narcissist gift box, I feel like it would include many of the things that I received this week. At the very least, from what it sounds like, 
she is a pop cultural narcissist. <laughs> we can diagnose her in the pop cultural yeah, yeah, terms. Yeah, yeah, totally. For Very the, obsessed yes, with exactly. yourself to a uh-huh. clinical degree. Yes. Like this is this is concerning, ma'am. Um, you might might want to get that checked out. So yeah, I'm like going through, I'm like reading all this stuff. I'm like, this is so incredibly fascinating. Like it kind of is not having to engage my my parents on any of it was kind of nice, like to be able to like do it in my own space. And it was just it was weird because I, you know, I thought that I was gonna, I was like, oh my God, like what the fuck is this? I thought I was kind of gonna be like nervous system all activated and like not able to focus and whatever. And I started sorting through and I was like, oh, this is, this is actually really interesting because I have more information now about like all the shit that was going on when I was a child, (laughs) which was horrifying. And uh, yeah, I mean, I do the, one of the things that really struck me was my mom saying like, I just, I love that I get to be home with my kids all day and I feel bad for people who have to work. Which I'm like, usually you, you don't beat the shit out of people you love being with all day. So I don't know. Questions. I yeah. don't want to go to work because I can't beat the shit out of my coworkers. <laughs> like, that's like the my inverse of that statement. My colleagues have all gotten restraining orders against me. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. Um, so yeah, we had we had these like very fundamentalist Christian textbooks. That's what we were taught. And you know, we got up every morning, ate breakfast with focus on the family on the radio, deep breath. And um <laughs> that we did like an hour of family devotions and then we did school. And uh, yeah, so I, at least like last week or the week before, whenever it was that I sent you that text and I was like, Hey, we need to talk about like Christian school and like homeschooling. Yeah. Cause this is a problem. And then uh, we were both like, yeah, cool. That'll be like kind of an easy thing to chat about. We both have like lived experience. But then I started Googling stuff and I was like, this is so incredibly dark and terrifying. And I don't know what to do except laugh awkwardly in horror. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we'll just say like for a drinking game, whenever you feel the need to laugh awkwardly in horror, <laughs> go ahead and just chase that with a, with your favorite beverage, whatever it happens mm-hmm. to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's, it's strange because in the progressive wing in this country tends to rest on its laurels. We got public schools. Yay. And we have a conservative party that has spent really it's almost its entire existence trying to dismantle those schools. Uh, I mean, even I, I remember as a kid, you know, my, you know, having debates and, you know, in school about, you know, school vouchers, you know, why should my parents have to pay taxes for a school system that they're not using? You know, why couldn't they just get that money as a, as a voucher to put towards oh the tuition God, that they're yeah. paying for this private school, you know? Right. Because that's not a perverse incentive, right? That's not going to keep a bunch of kids home from school so that their parents can get a fucking check every month, a welfare check, I might add, and just not get any education at all. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's cool. a problematic system for sure. And, and also it's like, Again, we already have school choice in the sense of where you live, you know, yeah. if you want to, yeah. if you want to play the school choice card, like schools are tied to property taxes, which is a whole nother podcast as well. So it's like, you do have school choice, you know, why are you, why you need more school, extra school choice. And if, and if Jesus is so great and, you know, maybe he is like, you know, your kid can go to public school and it'll be fine. Yeah. Like truly. Like, like, why do you need this indoctrination for their entire life? I don't know. 
but yeah, it's become this debate. And, and in a lot of ways, that debate is, is winning in, in this country. You know, like private schools are becoming less and less regulated. Public schools are becoming more and more regulated. You know, the party of deregulation is like, well, we got to regulate that public school. And so it, it education and publishing is, is, has become an interesting thing for sure. How, I guess, how we want to tackle this, you know, I guess we can hit our, our, our greatest hits to start our, you know, the, the Bob Jones and Rebecca mm-hmm. and oh yeah. Yeah. All the, 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 the heavy hitters, the heavy of- hitters. If you don't know, Bob Jones University Press and Abeka Publishing are two big educational publishers in you well, know, in the private Christian Christian education. educational publishing. Yeah. yeah, I was making sure I, I was specifying that. I work for an educational publishing company that works with you know public schools and things. So it's not not the same, but no, <laughs> so not the same. But like, I I don't think like so. Just to kind of put it out there, I don't think that they necessarily have to meet state standards because they're not the they're not selling products to the state they're selling products to private schools um private schools have a lot of leeway in what they can teach homeschool associations and just homeschool parents have even more leeway in what they can and cannot teach so are children being educated in a way that benefits society is the question and and i think i'm just going to put it out there this is my firm belief that the client of the public education system is the country mm. not not the parent yeah so yeah. i'll say that again yeah. the client of the public education system is the country not the parent so you know the the outcomes that our society is trying to produce in educating children is to make them good citizens and an educated citizenry is good for our society that's the idea at least the, the, that is the high minded idea I know there's a lot of people that are like, it's training you for nine to fives and right, training right. you to be yeah. a drone slave, Again, whatever. Like, another, another podcast. Another podcast. Sure. So the high-minded ideal is that we educate children to participate in society, however that looks. And whether or not public schooling is doing that or not is, again, another podcast. But our Christian friends and our, our parents, at least, had very strong opinions about that and felt that you know, no public schooling is not is not going to create good for our society. So we're going to start create. We're going to make our own schools and our own publishing, our own and basically our own society, our own society within the society. And we're going to be the ones that determine what is what is right and what is wrong because truth is relative like that. But so, they're always they're always like it's not relative. That was the thing is they were always like truth isn't relative. It's absolute all the time. Can't change otherwise it's not true. Just like okay, okay, guys. Okay, take it but... down a notch or twenty, because <laughs> it's not that's not how they function, right? Like they say these things, and then the way that they operate is in complete opposition to these stances that they claim to have. And I'm, I'm like, I'm super okay. I found the most horrifying thing because the the idea. Okay, I don't even know where to start here because the idea is like we need to teach our children critical thinking, right? Like the classical conversations, which I personally find like horrifying as an organization and as a way to teach children they're they're like they have this little intro video on their website you can go and you can look it up if you want to anyway this woman who's I don't know she made me just feel a little uncomfortable I'm sure she's fine whatever one of the things that she said when she's talking about this curriculum slash 
homeschool group community, whatever, is she goes, instead of teaching children, sorry, she said students, I wrote down children, what to learn and what to think. A classical conversation education teaches children how to learn and how to think. And again, not really. Like that is not the goal. Like, like maybe like, and I don't really understand. I don't really understand, but that's not, that is not the goal that they are after. They do not want you to engage in critical thinking because critical thinking undermines everything that they're doing. Critical thinking goes, okay, let's look at the outcomes here. Right. And, and homeschoolers love to talk about how like, oh, homeschool students do so much better than public school students on all of the things. And homeschool students, I mean, homeschool families are not required to report anything. So only the, only the students who are doing really well would have parents who would want to report their success. Like, yeah, my kid flunked out of homeschool. That's not going to be reported. No, no, absolutely not. And like, so again, like that, that's another kind of perverse incentive where it like makes everything look really extreme. And, you know, I'm sure that like one in 10, one in 20 homeschool kids does spectacularly well. I'm not, not saying that that's not possible, but again, those are the families that are like sending their test results back in. It's not the families who are like really struggling to like keep shit together. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm really concerned about this whole thing. I've classical conversations, just so you know, the reason that I hate it is it is all about memorization. That is like the first six years of your education is just memorizing facts. The first, the first 30 days of your child's school day when they're at home and when they go to their little I don't even know what they call it, like core community group, is just memorizing stuff you can Google. Like if you have Alexa in your home, you do not need to teach your child where Mount Kilimanjaro is. I'm sorry. You just, that's not necessary. It's cool to know, like I fucking love geography. I'm not shitting on that as like a subject, but why would you spend six years teaching your kid just like random memory verses and like facts about wild animals? (laughs) That's because unqualified people can teach that. Yeah. No, there it is. Unqualified people can teach that. (laughs) Like it takes a qualified person to be like, okay, what is the religious spiritual significance of Mount Kilimanjaro? And how is, how can we, how can we orient ourselves in that conversation as to how that mountain is used or not used appropriately. Like, like that is mm. that, that honestly, like that's a conversation I could have with my nine-year-old, you know, totally. and, and we could have an interesting conversation about that, but I'm not qualified to like teach, teach that, your class because teach of a class about it, you know? So that's, that, I think that's really what it comes down to. And I, that just came to me because I'm reflecting even back on my public school, not public school, my private school education. And it really wasn't until high school that we started having like back and forth mm-hmm. with our teachers in a lot of ways that I can recall. A lot of it was just here it is, learn it. And, and, and when either there was back and forth, I remember there was one history teacher in particular who was, he was actually fantastic. He was a very good history teacher. Like I, I really much lucked out in that sense because he was a, he was a wonderful history teacher really made us like we had to learn but those stuff he added like like you could tell like he was he wasn't like required to do these things you know he would have us like sometimes on like a friday like he would he had us had we had a debate we had like two sides and i I still remember this like sapphire still remember this from like high school it was it was good he would talk about is it wrong to make a law 
and then punish someone for having broken it in the past. So let's say a speed limit was 45 and it changes to 25. And then like you drove 45 yesterday. And so you get a ticket. Like, is that yeah. morally wrong? We're all, you know, we're all like, oh, you know, we're having this debate back and forth. Well, then he brings up the Nuremberg trials mm-hmm. and he's like, the Nazis did nothing wrong. Like mm-hmm. they did nothing illegal and they were then punished for it after that we decided let's just make a law. Like you can't have Holocausts, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, and so we're like, Oh fuck. And we didn't say fuck, you know, but yeah. it's just like, but he's just like, he was very good at like doing those like weird little subversive, like brain things to really get students to think. And so like, so I had a couple good teachers, but a lot of it, what that was just like stuff he added, like really when it came down to it, I think back on my education, 90 to 95% of it was, you know, this is what Becca says. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. it could, and it could have been taught by literally anyone. And then a lot of, and a lot of times it was like, I I'm trying to think back of like how many of my teachers were actually educated to be teachers. I would say you maybe, don't have to have no. those credentials no. if you teach in private school. No, I would say maybe 50% of my teachers. That's probably generous were like educated and trained to be teachers that that is very very real and and i think again you know the most important aspect for them like the reason that they put so much effort into this thing that i i would argue completely failed but you know i i understand that i'm biased here however My tweet the other day about conservative evangelical parents are so terrified of raising liberals that they inadvertently raised a bunch of radical leftists has like 24,000 likes on it. So I feel I feel like maybe people feel away yeah. <laughs> about the things that were done to them. So and I, I also yeah. I love the way you framed that too, because like they were so worried we would be liberals that they didn't realize they made leftists. <laughs> I mean it really sincerely feels that way. Like yeah. my sisters are my sisters, like who I would say are not not radical leftists, which I have many siblings. So, you know, they're kind of all over the place. So they're calling me and being like, I feel really bad for saying this, but like I hate white people. <laughs> like, why can't it's the guns, stupid? And like having these really interesting conversations that, like, they, you know, never ever in a million years would have expected. You know, I was like, what are people who used to be pastors <laughs> that I'm related to? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, all of it, at least all of it is, is like about this biblical worldview, right? It's like we're teaching you how to how to assess things in such a way as to make really, I don't want to call them intelligent arguments, but really strong arguments for things that make no fucking sense at all. Like biblical worldview. It's like, here's how to defend the Bible. I mean, my, my siblings, I wasn't, my parents didn't have enough money to send me when I was that age, but my siblings all went to like this worldview Academy camp where they were taught how to like argue with evolutionists, which is a thing. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. I, I engaged with some and some of that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And like, and, and, but they kind of put it under this guise of like critical thinking, which I find really incredibly fascinating. Apparently this is like a really big deal with, with Bob Jones university press. Cause they, as you mentioned, kind of had to do their own little, their own publishing company. And I just like make shit. And um, they put together this website that's uh, 
Y'all should seriously check this out. It's criticalthinking.org. Oh, nice. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. And so like basically the second page is I'm not quite under- understanding what's happening here. It's the International Center for the Assessment of Higher Order Thinking, which sounds like Scientology to me. <laughs> this like the opening page with like the like Rodan, like thinker, whatever. Like yeah. <laughs> this, this screams like some Jordan Peterson like yes that's exactly that's exactly what it was and so like you're so they had they put together this test it's called a critical thinking exam apparently it's 9.95 i keep tempted to take this shit and uh anyway but you can also get licensed to like give the exam which costs a thousand dollars to get that license just in case anybody needs a budget for that and uh yeah i'm really sincerely concerned about like i like i don't i don't really understand like there's all these words and i don't know what they're trying to communicate Mm-hmm. basically like there's there's like a writing prompt and then there's an assessment of the writing prompt and i don't fully understand like how you're supposed to write your thing and then you're supposed to assess it on your own and then you're supposed to get, i don't like i don't get it don't understand yeah. our mission um, for more than 40 years our goal has been to promote this is like this is the best word salad i'm going to try to get through this without stumbling do it. For more than 40 years, our goal has been to promote essential change in education and society by cultivating fair-minded critical thinking, thinking which embodies intellectual empathy, intellectual humility, intellectual perseverance, intellectual integrity, and intellectual responsibility. Oh, that's a joke. You're saying these words, and I'm sure to someone who's uneducated, that probably sounds like, oh, wow, intellectual responsibility. Ooh. (laughs) <laughs> my, my. but this is just I mean, word salad i think it's 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 meant to impress people who can't tell the difference between someone who's just like acting smart and someone who actually yes is educated yes you know there i had a, a a friend of mine he was on facebook or twitter i can't remember which one was talking about guys like jordan peterson and ben shapiro like and making a case that there is a difference between being intelligent and being articulate Mm. or, and they are Mm -hmm. not the same thing. Now you can be articulate and intelligent. You can actually be highly intelligent and not articulate at all. Very inarticulate. Yeah. And very inarticulate. (laughs) Maybe many intelligent people are. Yeah. But (laughs) there are a lot of people that can say a lot of very wonderful words, but like when you dig down you're just like scraping the paint off this a little bit and you're like nope there's nothing here this is vapid nonsense yes yes uh okay so a quote i don't know where it came from i heard it on maintenance phase pause pod but they were talking about jordan peterson's weird all meat diet and oh gosh i have so many I thoughts know. about that diet i know and and anyway so like michael goes okay i don't know I, I don't remember where he said that he heard this but he was like everything that jordan peterson says is either wrong or obvious. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, that is like, that is so true. (laughs) It's like, Like, but when you put them together really closely, when you like smash them all to the same like word salad, like you were just talking about, it does, you can make it sound really intelligent. Yeah. You can make it sound really thoughtful. And add that in when like you interrupt everyone who questions you and you question the premise of everything that's said. I mean, and, and this, this is Christian education, honestly, yes. like this is the yes. school of rhetoric that we came from, like say things that you, know, you, you don't understand, you know, like, and say it as confidently as possible, like radiocarbon dating, 
you know, all of my textbooks that doesn't work. work. That doesn't work. It, no, it doesn't work. So, which is a great thing to have in your pocket when any anyone who's has any kind of scientific background is like uh, radiocarbon dating. Da da da. They don't even get it out. We're like, oh, that's wrong. Yeah, that's wrong. Yeah, totally. You can fossilize a hat in an afternoon, you know, <laughs> or whatever. I love that they were like they tried to like carbon date a person who was alive and it said that they were 1000 years old. This is the argument that I got. That was yeah. why radiocarbon dating was wrong. It was because they, they tried to carbon date someone who was living and apparently got this result that said it was that the, 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 you know, the person was a thousand years old or something like that. And I was like, in, in, in the scheme of like 13.8 billion years, that is not a rounding error. Like that's not, that's, it's negligible. Yeah. And was this like an at home radiocarbon <laughs> test? Like, like yes. where are these results? Let's go find them. Oh my gosh. No, it's, oh, it's so sad. It's like, um, it's like testing your blood sugar levels. You got to like prick your finger, and yeah. like pull out your little strip and be like, okay, how old does the carbon say I am? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, but- yeah. So can, just really quickly, the one thing that I find really interesting about this is that, that uh, you and I both read this book, but it's carbon dating has been significantly, like markedly improved in our lifetimes Yes, in terms of like the technology that's there and the accuracy with which they can measure the breakdown of these atoms. And that to someone like my parents, just as an example, would be proof that it was wrong because they had to change it. So there's no way that it could have been right which means you can toss out everything because they keep changing their minds. It, again, it's this flat logic of, uh-huh. of, okay, the Bible has never changed its mind. So it's right. Clearly, <laughs> Scientists change their mind all the time. So they're wrong. And I mean, and that's, that's what I got as a kid. Yeah. You know, but, and this is why it is so dangerous because we just had this COVID-19 pandemic. And what is it that, All of your Christian friends said on Facebook, the scientists don't know what they're talking about. They keep changing their mind, you know, because there is a fundamental misunderstanding of what the scientific process even is. Yeah. And, you know, because you're taught, you know, this this whole worldviews in conflict kind of thing, which is really the framing of most of Bob Jones University Press. And, you know, I would say a Becca too, like that's the framing of the entire educational the the pedagogical model is yeah. to set up these worldviews, you know, secular humanism. I was taught like this is what secular humanists believe. Yes. You know, as if it's a religion. As if there is this monolith called secular humanism and they have a pope and they have a sacred text and they all get together on Sundays and they study it just like we do. And this is what they believe, you know, these secular humanists. And there was, you know, the Christian worldview. And there was like three or four others. I don't even remember what they were. But, you know, secular humanism was the big one. We got to take that one out. Which it is interesting that they did correctly identify the actual threat. I suppose. Um, (laughs) You know, a a broke clock is right twice a day. Um, (laughs) But it's because, and that's what you're doing. And so you're saying like, okay, we stand on these unchanging truths like that. And that's what makes us right is that it doesn't change. Even though like, again, you do a Google search and you understand that the interpretation of the Bible has changed and the translation of the Bible has changed. And the translations that we view as authoritative have changed over time. And Mm -hmm. even within the text itself, the text argues with itself and contradicts itself. And that, 
is a feature, not a bug, you know, because it shows us how to wrestle with these big giant concepts of life and spirituality and what is beyond it. The Bible at its best to me gives us a blueprint for how to wrestle with these concepts well, but you have to also, you have to accept it as literature and you have to accept it as, as that the people that are portrayed as the good guys are actually shits sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, like that Abraham wasn't 100% right all the time and he did fuck up. And these are the ways he fucked up. And guess what? These are the ways we fuck up too. Like mm-hmm. that's actually an interesting conversation to have. Not this is who Abraham was. And he was the father of the Jewish people. And now we are an extension of the Jewish people through Jesus. Like, like how you get that from this book. And here's the science behind it. And here, yes. And here's the science <laughs> behind why all of you are now Jews or the God's chosen people or whatever. Oh gosh. Oh shit. We sorry. Heard. It hurts. <laughs> so I have to keep laughing. Yeah, no, it's it's this is this is like their whole kind of their whole kind of model is like everything is it, it's funny because it's like we were taught like nothing is relative, right? Like there's no yeah. such thing as relative truth. There's no such thing as relative morality, which again, and we've talked about this on the show before, like completely flattens the power dynamic also. Right. Because it's like, well, everyone has the same amount of power over their own lives. Everyone has the same 24 hours in a day. And it's like, that's actually not true. Like some people own people. So they're getting a little bit more out of their 24 hours by virtue of like human rights abuses. Yeah. Like Thomas Jefferson got to sit on his front porch and, you know, sipping mint and juice. Drink lemonade. Yeah. Like, Uh, yeah. Philosophizing about freedom while other people were making his lunch. Yeah, and making all the shit he was selling. Anyway, we haven't we haven't even gotten into the whole like Marxism thing, which I feel like they're they you know they have a lot of really big feels about. What was the other one that I looked at? Oh yeah, I did want to talk about Abeka because I know that we both had those those textbooks, and they're I think they're the biggest Christian mm-hmm. text like educational publisher. I'm yeah. pretty sure they're out of Pensacola University in California. Oh. And, oh, so so here's the funny thing. They actually got they got sued or the IRS went after them because Abeka was a nonprofit that funneled their <laughs> profits through the university for a while there. And the IRS was like, you are a business. You do not get tax exempt status. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. I did not know this. So anyway. Yeah. So I, you know, for. K through eight, this doesn't matter to anybody. I and my parents use this like Mennonite homeschool curriculum, which they only teach their children until eighth grade, which didn't mean that they like really ramped it up. Well, because it's like you had to go work on the farm. I mean, it's like it's like it's like Amish adjacent situation. And yes, but they didn't like ramp it up in eighth grade to like make sure that you got all the stuff you needed. It kind of like tapered off. Like once I like once I hit seventh grade, like stuff got way easier than <laughs> eighth grade. I was just like, I don't. I feel like this is not how this is supposed to work. We want to send um, you off into the world feeling really smart. <laughs> yeah, your little thirteen-year-old self, you got to go get a job. So after that, my parents did Christian Liberty Academy, which basically was this service. It was an actual school too, from what I understand in Chicago, but uh, it was, it was a correspondence school, which I cannot believe that's a thing. Abeka has an academy as well. Yeah. 
Yes. And so um, they would like, you would test into their program. They would like put together your curriculum for you and like send everything to you all at once. So you didn't have to like try to figure it out yourself. And so I got a lot of, that was kind of the first time I'd ever had Rebecca textbooks. And that was, that was really, really special. I, yeah, I pulled up, I pulled up, I pulled up some quotes. Oh, please. I have a quote or two as well, but go ahead. Sweet. Okay. So this is fun. Yeah. So this is from a uh, history textbook. Ostensibly the name of the textbook is America land. I love. And then in tiny letters underneath, it says in Christian perspective, which the only way you can love this land (laughs) (laughs) truly is from a colonizer religion. It's from a very narrow Christian perspective. So in that honest, without meaning to be, there you go. There you go. So they're talking about like the Negro spirituals, which, you know, obviously there's like a lot of history there. And this, they literally, this is, so this is the paragraph that they wrote about that. In these songs, freedom often referred to spiritual freedom of life with the savior and expressed the slave's own deep longing for freedom. Yet the slave knew Christ more freedom than a free person who did not know the savior. By giving them spiritual freedom, God prepared the slaves for their coming physical freedom. This view of freedom is seen in the spiritual, I thank God I'm free at last. It is sung at a lively pace with enthusiasm. Oh. <laughs> this is a history textbook, you guys. <laughs> yeah. This, and and I, this is why so many people can say with a straight face that racism is dead. Huh? <laughs> Why you got to bring up racism? It's over. You know, why are you digging around in the past? I'm like, well, I mean, it still applies to your guns, apparently. I don't know. One thing that I did find out, like reading these little excerpts that I was, that I was horrified to learn was that, can I, can I read another excerpt here? No, go ahead. I'm going to circle back. You're, you're going to catch the part that I'm completely mortified by, but I'm going to all circle back to it at the end. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So this section was about evangelizing the Indians. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah. So I hang my uh, head already. <laughs> it says by the 1790s, several denominations had organized missionary societies to reach the Indian population with the gospel. In 1820, the federal government began to provide yearly donations for missions work among the Indians. At that time, government officials realized that dignity, prosperity, and peace among the Indians depended on their learning biblical principles, which is like. Anyway, uh, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna finish <laughs> before I, my brain breaks. I'm gonna finish this. So, American missionaries helped Indians in many ways, teaching them to live in peace with other tribes. Which you like, you have jack shit to teach anybody about living in peace, Buster. To support their families through farming and other practical occupations, and to read, especially the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because that was back when we were a christian nation i love that it's like 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 the the last little piece here is like before the missionaries came alcohol abuse and tribal warfare were like part of like their normal day-to-day lives and i'm like okay they didn't they didn't fucking have alcohol until you people got here and like very few people were actually killed in their wars unlike western europe (laughs) 
where you just like sent little children out to be slaughtered every spring for shits and giggles. Like, and y'all anyway. were eating like mummy dust to like balance your humors. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh my God. Okay. So, like, I forgot about that. Like, I don't like the whole like, I mean, European superiority. Like, if you haven't read Guns, Germs, and Steel, get yourself a copy. Like, European superiority really comes down to like livestock lived better in Europe. And so we had better immune systems because we slept with our animals because we slept really close to our animals, like too close frequently. We, we knew them in a biblical sense. Um, <laughs> and that's not even what I meant, but that's well, what well, even had, like, like, I would just think like, even systems. like the Bible specifies that you should stay separate from your animals. <laughs> Europeans like, no, got to cuddle up for warmth. This thing is furry. It's going to keep me warm in, in this oh land that no one should live. No human should have lived in. <laughs> We're not made for this shit. Well, okay. To be fair, it wasn't, it wasn't y'all that started it. It was the Neanderthals and you just got all fucked up. Mm-hmm. It's all that Neanderthal DNA we have. <laughs> well, I was going to say dick, but same. You know. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we couldn't get enough of that Neanderthal dick. <laughs> um someone but, please make that a t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying anyway um but yeah just the the idea that we just were just so naturally superior you know because you know oh they fought each other like they fought each other like millions of people died in european wars over over when easter was like come on um <laughs> But uh, yeah, like I'm just reading a couple of things here that kind of came up, like, you know, the idea that uh, and I, I actually remember, I mean, this was before like climate change was really big. You know, I was I was in school in like the 90s, but mm-hmm. like but the idea that God created, you know, this is taught in a science textbook. I need for those of you that weren't part of private Christian education, I need to make this clear. This was in a science textbook taught in a science class Like you know, God created checks and balances to prevent environmental crises and again so in the sense that you shouldn't really worry about them you know uh-huh. like cool you know, whatever cool. the whatever the liberals are saying about it don't worry god has it all god handle out. that already <laughs> god you know god create Ooh. we can't just dest- we we can't destroy this world essentially uh, we don't have the power to do that you know and like there's another one that the Great Depression that there, you know, was, you know, such high unemployment and high income and in, in this, you know, disparity and that it was so bad. That's actually socialist propaganda. And it wasn't that bad because I don't know, because capitalism is perfect, I guess. I don't know. I'm sorry, like a 25 percent unemployment rate wasn't that bad compared to what? precisely? Well, no, that was socialist propaganda. Not that many people are unemployed. It was just a ploy to create Social Security and and bring about the this one is, world government. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is a science textbook you're reading me well, right no, now. This, is, this was social studies. Sorry. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> like, hold on. No. This was social studies. This is what you're learning about history. You know, you basically you learn that anything that's not Republican is socialist propaganda in history, and anything that is Republican uh, is good. There's actually there was a lawsuit. I don't have all of the 
details. So I could be getting some of it wrong, but it was the Association okay. of Christian Schools International versus B. Stearns. This was in California. ACSI was also the association that my Christian school was a part of. But they were they they were sued over basically some verbiage and some a lot of the Christian textbooks. And essentially the and Becca was involved in this because, you know, again, like this is um this isn't a page from the biology for Christian schools declares on the very first page that wherever the Bible said whatever the Bible says is so, whatever man says may or may not be so. And the only position a Christian can take, and it then goes on to talk about basically biblical literalism, like, you know, essentially, you know, there is no other option, but scientific air quotes, biblical literalism when it comes to the origins of people, you know, if scientific conclusions contradict the word of God, the conclusions are wrong, no matter how many scientific facts may appear to back them. This is in the textbook. Christians must disregard scientific hypotheses or series that con- theories that contradict the Bible. I mean, so this is like, this was in the textbook and essentially the lawsuit was like, you are, you need to, you need to couch that language a bit. <laughs> like it wasn't even get rid of it. It was just more like, you, you need to understand that there's a scientific consensus here and you can't, you, you need to, basically you need to teach your students critical thinking and understand that you know, this, there is a, this is an option that you're teaching, not the only option. Ah, uh, Yes delightful i was i mean i was basically told the same thing i don't remember reading that specifically in and in, in uh my textbooks necessarily but i definitely remember you know being told that communism was satanic because people weren't supposed to share things and like mm-hmm. the devil like when 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 people did research that was like or when researchers like found data supporting some idea that wasn't in alignment with the Bible, that yeah, it was wrong. And it was because Satan was trying to influence the outcomes of the studies. But when they found stuff that quote unquote backed up their own personal beliefs about a thing, they could accept that. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's a lot of evangelicalism is that way. It, it just, it, it fascinates me or terrifies me that it is so institutionalized and put in print and given this legitimacy, you know, because again, as a kid, I'm going to school to, you know, to learn about the world, ideally, being taught by people I trust, you know, this is a printed word that I'm getting, you know, you know, print, people can lie in print, but it's just, you know, again, there's a legitimacy there that, yeah. that you're supposed to be able to trust in some ways. And when it is bold-faced lies, I mean, I, again, I understand that public education is not perfect, but like, again, working in educational publishing, the amount of hurdles you have to go through, the amount of academic rigor, the amount of, you know, thought that goes into making sure the academic integrity standards are upheld versus someone being able to print a quote unquote science textbook that basically says everything in here is bullshit. If it, if it contradicts the Bible, (laughs) you know, uh, that's a problem for me. Like, and that now we have a Supreme court and now we have a, you know, Republican party that really wants to take these ideas mainstream. And, you know, it would not be surprising to me if at some point Abeka and these, these corporations are allowed in public schools and, you know, as, as a, as a valid curriculum and to have it legitimized by a state or a local school board as like, no, this is what we're going to teach. It's what we're going to teach your kids in school. And honestly, it, it, it's like a de facto overruling of the scopes trial in some ways. 
there's no there's no checks and balances in a in homeschooling. Unlike in nature, apparently. Because nature has it figured out, you know, like God's nature has it all figured out. You know. Because God's never done anything sus before. Never. With with the whole planet. Apparently, this is in one of the Becca textbooks, uh, a little poem for students. Roses are red, violets are blue. They they both grow better with more CO2. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. I'm sorry. What? What? What is? What is this argument precisely? This is the science textbook. I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, for children. Um, oh. Yeah. As God. Christians, however, we must remember that God provided certain checks and balances in creation to prevent many of the global upsets that have been predicted by environmentalists. This is in the textbook. That's a direct quote. Yeah, I mean, it's political indoctrination. I mean, let's just let's just face it. Uh, so, which I can understand from a certain perspective that that they accuse public schooling of indoctrinating their children in the sense that students in public schools, again, in an ideal world, are getting a worldview or are getting the tools to develop a worldview that is opposed to fundamentalist creationism. And just just more based in reality, most more based in reality, more frequently, <laughs> which again, they, you know, that's, that's a threat. So it's, it's quite a, an issue. So I think let's just take a quick break here for some, for some capitalism. So we don't hey. get, we won't be accused of being godless communists. We'll, engage, <laughs> we'll dip our toes into the capitalist waters here for an ad. Uh, and then we get back, I think we'll maybe swap some stories about our, the, the craziest things we were taught a little bit and then maybe try to get a little try to get a little breather and maybe what folks can do to not mm-hmm. be indoctrinated or allow this kind of crap in their schools all right thanks bye, bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks for putting up with our favorite idol. Um, Hopefully you now are the proud owner of a brand new Lexus or uh, an American Express credit card or something. Yeah. So we're going to jump back into our, our very weirdness. If you, however, are enjoying the show, which I assume at this point, if you're listening, you probably do. You can help us out by sharing it or writing a review. Or signing up for our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash go home Bible. And then you can be part of our really weird, wonky, semi cult. And it'll be a lot of fun. And we are slowly inching towards our goal of 50 patrons, after which we're going to do a listener hangout in Washington, D.C. And do do some sightseeing, some, some of our old favorite dead racists, which y'all are more than welcome to tag along for. You don't have to live in D.C. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. So. That being said, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> What's uh? What is one of the wildest things that you can remember being taught as a part of your education? Well, I'm. I mean, I know it's it's kind of basic, but just this idea of like it was 
it was a net, it was a net positive, like uh, the transatlantic slave trade was a net positive because it exposed more people to the gospel. So, mm. uh-huh. Yeah. That, that was some, that was some wild ass shit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I do remember yeah. I was correctly taught the rain cycle. You know, so there's that. There is that. It's kind of hard I think to the fuck Bible up the rain might cycle. Even get, like, I think the Bible might even get that one right. <laughs> Yeah. So I, you know, I definitely, I definitely remember that there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of tracing that was called art. So that was fun. Uh, I'm not joking either. It was horrifying. Oh man. <laughs> um, what else? Oh yeah. Definitely had to read sinners in the hands of an angry God, which once again, just all of the racism, like how much can we get into this one person? We're just going to go for all of it. <laughs> Yeah. So that was, that was absolutely lovely. And, um, I don't know, man, it was just, there, there was just a lot of, I mean, thankfully, I I don't know what it was about like me or my personality precisely. It was probably, probably some of it had to do with the fact that like, I already knew that I didn't fit in -hmm. that space. Right. Like I just wasn't, I just wasn't a little white girl. So it didn't, it didn't, none of it fully applied to me, which had the like added benefit of making me a little bit more skeptical of the things that I was being taught because some of it was just like blatantly racist, like black people are lazy and Indians are all drunks and just like very basic racist tropes that were passed off as like science or something. Common sense. Fucking hate that term. And so there was just, it was, I was always just kind of like, huh, whenever, whenever I would read this, like very clearly racist shit in my textbooks, I was always just kind of like, no, I'm not, I'm like, I need more information (laughs) before I make a decision on this one, which I think has like actually really come to serve me well in the age of Twitter, because um, I am not a person who feels like they have to have a response to every single thing without, you know, sitting with it for a second, maybe asking a couple of questions first. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, my, my, my science textbooks absolutely said that God created the world in seven days, like 24 hour days, not like God days, which I don't know how long those are. Yeah. It was, it was all kind of like the basic shit though. I think like, I don't remember anything particularly egregious that was from my textbooks. Like all the egregious stuff came directly from my parents. Yeah. I mean, it, it, and generally I don't think many kids are going to remember their textbooks. There's a f- yeah, there's a few little things I remember here and there yeah, for sure. But I think the most vivid memory of like a textbook was like this picture of a tree frog that I'm just like for some reason. Maybe <laughs> just it was the first time I saw yeah, just like this tree frog is fascinating. Yeah, I yeah, I so much weird, weird shit I learned just in passing from teachers and stuff. Like it just and and also the strange like things. Like we still had a home economics class, which was only for girls only, and we had like a oh like a shop class that were for, was for boys only, and we had a personal finance class where so get this this personal finance class we had to have a partner in like for one of our projects that we pretended to be married to like so like paired off boys and girls too like there were no single oh pe- no no singles allowed like. <laughs> And of course, like it was very sad because there were like some people that that cried when they found out who they were paired with. You know, 
because they were married oh, to God. someone who was not popular oh, or ugly or whatever. You know, it was totally random. The girl I was married to was pretty chill. So like already there's just this weird like, you know, you're going to make a household someday. And so let's practice this together. And, you know, it's just a weird project to put kids through. Like, it's a very strange, like, I don't know, like, is there like a hit list somewhere that where they're like, oh, we put these kids through this project and two of them got married. Like, you know, like they're we're oh, freaking God. 17, you know, just such a strange thing. Yeah. I, I and I had, you know, again, really very odd lessons in my biology classes and <laughs> like just like like it just you know like could god you know and, and pondering the big questions of life like could god spontaneously just produce bees or something like out of this table if we prayed hard enough for it or something you know like oh like, okay like wow yeah. pondering these questions you know on my parents dime <laughs> <laughs> you know you know yeah and that's just that that's a strange thing and and also like this is maybe trigger warning for like spanking and hitting and stuff but like a lot of me and my friends were spanked or hit by teachers because you you know you can do that you can do that in private school yeah and yeah most states in public school it might not be the case now i mean again this was you know a while ago yeah i was i was hit on the head with a textbook by a teacher what like I should say bopped on the head. It's probably a strong word, but when you're a child, you're hit. Like, yeah, you know, an like, adult, an adult, putting, an adult hit me with a textbook and it hurt. Yeah. Like, yeah. Jesus. Um, as a way to correct me, you know, and then, yeah, I was spanked, you know, before in school, they're supposed to get parental consent. That was their concession to like morality. So they called, they called the house and my stepdad answered. Not my, not my legal guardian, not my father, <laughs> and said, and I quote, go ahead and light him up. So they lit me up, you know, like that was the, that was parental consent. Like, I'm sorry. Oh, God. Like, oh, my God. So fucked up. Yeah. And I have a lot yeah. of friends that were, were like, yeah, they, I, I was only spanked once or twice, but like I had friends that were in there like every week over some bullshit, like, you know, and again, just teaching that to kids and and strangers spanking you too like i mean your yeah. parents is bad enough but yeah at least they can, they can do the whole like i really love you kind of thing like you know i mean i think this particular principal was actually probably a decent person for an evangelical you know like I, but like easily someone who got off on that stuff could get into that position and mm-hmm. beat the shit out of kids in the name of jesus very easily it would not be difficult for them to do so and yeah, that's problematic. So I'd say the most problematic thing that happened to me was the fact that I was hit and spanked. Yeah. But, yeah. Seriously. Oh my God. And like, but yeah, just all the weird bullshit you hear. And, and again, that's not to throw my entire education under the bus so that there weren't good people there or, you know, but it's just like when it, when, again, when I think about like preparing me for life, when I think about preparing me for the world that I'm going to enter into, you know, the like real life world that real people live in, where my decisions, my vote, my money, my dollars, the way I live in the world has a measurable, tangible impact on other human beings. I was not prepared for that. Like, and on that level, my education failed miserably in indoctrinating me to be a really good little, good little Christian boy that fought to maintain the bubble, like a good Christian soldier. Like, Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. Well, actually it failed because 
I'm a leftist. It worked now. for a while. It did it work for a while, and it wore off. You know. I really think that they thought they had it in the bag, man. You know, it's like an industry was made. They're like, this is how we're going to do it. We're uh-huh. Indoctrinate these kids, K through twelve. They ain't never getting out. And then, like, it's honestly, it's like stepping outside of prison in some ways. Like, mm-hmm. like what the fuck? Mm-hmm. I can walk more than twelve feet, and there's not a wall. Like, yeah, yeah. What is this? And some people live just walking twelve feet, like there's a wall, you know. But mm-hmm. a lot of mm-hmm. us are like, I'm going to walk thirteen feet. <laughs> just to see what happens. To see what happens, you know. I was told that I would be struck by lightning and go to hell, but you know, let's, let's see. And I think that, like, honestly, the the like catastrophizing piece of it definitely like didn't do them any favors. Of like every single thing in the world is so horrifying and so terrifying, and there's no like middle ground. It's just like either Satanism or you're like this fundamentalist religious whack job. There's just, you know, and I think that that really, I think that really backfired, right? When you try to make it so that it's like, oh yeah, gay people are scary and they're going to try to give you AIDS. And then it's like, you meet a gay person and they're like the coolest, chillest person you've ever met in your fucking life. Cause you grew up in church. If it starts to fall apart pretty quick, <laughs> like maybe if you just like took the hyperbole <laughs> down a few notches, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, I'm obsessed with saying that word wrong. Just, when just, you realize how normal bit. gay people are. And it's like, oh. Oh. What else did you tell me that wasn't true? Like, what else were you hysterical about? Yeah. And that's, that's well, because it's one of those things. When you're in that system, like, your religion is the most important thing in the world. And so it's assumed that, like, if someone is not in this religion, it mu- that must be the most important thing in the world to them, too. Oh, right. Like yes. being an yes. atheist yes. or being, being yeah. a gay. They can know. only, yeah, they can only see us as the inverse of themselves. You know, and we have an agenda. We're trying to indoctrinate these children for Jesus. So they obviously also have an agenda. You know, the gay agenda is just like being seen as a full human being and being left the fuck alone. Like, right. like that's the feminist agenda. That's, that's honestly, that's the human agenda. <laughs> Generally. <laughs> oh god see me as a full human being capable of making my own decisions and leave me the fuck alone (laughs) yeah but i mean and that's that's a bridge too far so it's like we're teaching critical thinking but they're really teach what they're really teaching is debate right and i think that debate is really kind of fascinating because there, there is no right or wrong necessarily it's just who can put together the best argument like who can put together the most compelling argument who can like and and now i think a lot of it too is like who can make their opponent look stupid yes even 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 more so than like having an argument that's really well put together because i mean i do think that the 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 arguments that i was given were absolutely like they worked for quite a while you know but then I finally met some people who were kind of smart. Well, and it's all based on zingers, you know? Yes, and, yes, exactly. And and making, like, I remember, you know, there was this conference I had to go to. I had to take a bunch of students to. And I thank God my students started making fun of it. Because then it's like, oh, good. We can start making fun of this together. But I think it was actually Frank Turek actually was there. Oh. His name is. Yeah, 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 it was him. Yeah. So he was there, you know, but he's talking about, he's like, he's like pulling out his greatest hits of like, oh, I was debating this atheist and they were getting so mad. Like, 
And I'm thinking like, they're probably getting mad because you are an insane person. And they were probably angry. You're not answering the question. Yeah. For, and not answering the question and not like, yeah, I'm, I'm getting mad just sitting here listening to you because you're ridiculous. So like, and you know, to your point earlier about radiocarbon dating and proving, I think as like most of these arguments are from like the seventies and eighties and they've not been up, they've not been updated. They're just like these zingers that are like, you know, we're just going to keep passing around these zingers and you know, it, it plays with our crowd and, you know, and, that, and that's the thing about logic and rhetoric generally logic and rhetoric, you know, cause humans it's going to be an explosion for some of you. <laughs> Humans are not logical. Like the, our brains are not really built for logic. Nope. Um, and that is not how we work. Logic. I mean, logic is based on premises, you know, like, but the, the issue is like, where do you put, where do you, how do you weigh the premise? Like, how mm-hmm. do you weigh evidence? You know? And so for a lot of these folks, like, oh, well, the Bible says it that's that's an infinite weight of evidence right <laughs> you know like yes. so like there's not there is no you know and and so what's what is seen what actually feels like a logical argument when you approach someone who's like hey you know thousands of people dedicated their lives to discovering this scientific reality um, over a course of decades, here's the synopsis. They're like, ah, that's man's words. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> oh, so, so it's like, uh-huh. like, yeah, you're not going to, you're not going to debate these folks because, you know, and again, like I, I was indoctrinated in it for, for, you know, most of my early life for 18 years. And those arguments made so much sense to me, you know, to the point where like I would listen to Glenn Beck on the radio and be like, this dude's a genius, you know, or, you know, probably I would have listened to, you know, if I did, I've got Ben Shapiro was a little after my time, but like I could very much see a version of Justin that listens to Ben Shapiro and is like, this guy's a genius. Oh man, so many zingers, you know, he has the best singer that's, you have the best singers, you have the best argument, you know? Yeah. Yeah, kind of like kind of like how they evaluate the pastor every day. Like, did he make me laugh? That's a that was a good sermon. Yeah, like I did. He make me feel convicted. I'm never going back there. Gosh, no. You know, you make other people feel convicted. Like you say things that I'm like, ooh, that's convicting for them. For them. (laughs) Yeah. You preach the word, good sir. Oh man. Uh Yeah. Cool. So, I mean, thankfully, you know, these companies aren't like billion dollar companies, but they do have, they're they're about to be getting government contracts. Yeah. Unfortunately. (laughs) But, you know, I, I do think that this is something to watch out for. I also think this is why local politics is very important. Yeah. If you can't, if you have the bandwidth and you have the connections to get on a school board of why aren't you on one? And, you know, if you're a white guy like me, fund and promote a woman of color or, <laughs> you know, anyone, anyone, honestly, literally, anybody. that's not you uh, <laughs> to be on a school board as well, because I think, you know, a lot of school boards are, are not representative of the communities that they're in for sure. Yeah. And, and again, Republicans, 
have been organized, they're better organized, yeah. you know, period. And so a lot of, a lot of the changes we're seeing in our societies because there was sustained organized effort over a long time, a unglamorous effort, you know, mm-hmm. Like Mm -hmm. it felt really good as a white person to vote for Obama. So like, look at that. I'm not a racist. Pat myself on the back. I don't have to do anything else. And that's, that's not how the work gets done. Case in point evidence that I will sign to the receipt. I will give (laughs) is the state of the United States right now. Uh, unfortunately you can't ever stop working. That's the one thing that they told us that I think is actually true is if you're not making progress, you're moving backwards. Yes. And unfortunately that seems to be how the world often works. There isn't really a neutral, which is kind of a bummer. And I mean, and there's opportunities to evaluate curriculum that come out, you know, if your state like Florida, Texas, California, several others, you know, like there's, there is a period of review that, that, you know, textbook come under public review. And that is, that is a good thing. You know, the potential, you know, what is potentially going to be sold to school districts comes under public review. This is, and this is a good product process. You know, this is a good process. Again, I'm going to put my educational publishing employee of an educational publishing company hat on, you know, companies want to know when they screwed up and and companies want to know what is going to be material that is accurate. And, you know, there was, there was a company several years ago, it was a world history textbook that was, they were in trouble because all of their pictures of India were pictures of people in poverty, which from a Western perspective, all the stories you hear are like somehow attached to, to mother Teresa, you know? So like, oh, you know, you know, but, <laughs> but it was because there were, there were Indian Americans that were, you know, part of the public that were reviewing these textbooks that were like, Hey, hold on a second. Like I have a say in how my culture yes. is presented to my child in the classroom. And why don't you show a picture of India that shows like not people that are poor because not everybody is poor, you know? Right. And, and that's like the they're, same- they're middle class people in every country, which is, you know, doesn't really work with the colonizer mindset, but whatever. No, it doesn't. Absolutely not. And so there's a lot of inadvertent bias that can creep in. And, you know, companies are working to diversify as well. It's also it's very much a, very much a company's fault if it's only white people looking at you know the process. But all that to say, there are mechanisms for you to be involved at whatever level and whatever capacity to evaluate what is what is being sold in your state and that makes it better because it's not just like Indian kids that get to see people from India. It's like also my kids get to see an India that is how it actually is not the colonizer version of India because the images that they grow up with are how they're going to picture a place. I mean, same with Africa. 90% of the images I saw of Africa as a kid were like naked people in a field somewhere. Whereas, you know, there are cosmopolitan cities in Africa. There are technological corridors. They have, they have freeways and shit. Yeah, they have freeways. <laughs> and downtowns. Yeah, and downtowns. Like, come on. Yeah. And, and China is doing a shit ton of investing in Africa as well, you know, to continue to develop this, you know, this continent, not a country, it's a continent, folks, like many, many languages. Oh, yeah. Hundreds, thousands, probably, but, now that I'm thinking about it. But like, yeah, again, like 
we have ways and there are mechanisms to broaden the perspectives of your children in the educational space. I'm just kind of sitting on this soapbox. And I just need to get off, but no, I love it. I love it. And, and that's good for everybody. That's not just good for people that are in minority positions, but that's also good for people in the majority because they, they, they get to see that veil pierced as well. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh fuck. They got cars in India. Like, <laughs> like, you know, like they get a lot of cars, baby. Yeah. But like that, that's the wild thing because again, like you have a, you have a, you have a spread, you have 10 images that you have to teach kids about a country. And that's maybe all they, that's maybe all they're going to see. I mean, right. yeah. and so yeah, yeah. totally being, being a person that can review a textbook and go like, yeah, I'm sorry. Those are all poor people. And right. while there are poor people everywhere, if the only thing we showed of America were like the poorest of the poor in Appalachia and said, this is America. <laughs> this is all of it. <laughs> this is all that it is. I imagine people would be pretty pissed. Definitely. Since I'm always on people about like re uh, rewiring all of your racist neural pathways, honestly, like one of my favorite things, like one of the first things I did when I got on Instagram was I started following people. Um, I started going, cause you can click on locations and see where people are tagging stuff. So I clicked on like all of these locations in like central Africa like all these major cities and it started kind of like fall. It was before you could follow hashtags, but it was, it was the same kind of idea. I really clicked through and like would follow all these different accounts. And it was really, it's really interesting. Right. Cause it's like, when I think about Rwanda now, just as an example, I think about downtown Kigali. I don't think about like genocide. I think like, Oh, they have like, that's, that's a place that I would want to hang out at some point, you know? And I think that's been really helpful because yeah, I was, you know, I was told that it was like, you don't want to go to Africa. It's all war and lions. And like, you know, that kind of bullshit was just stuff that I was told and it was just kind of passed off as fact. And um, yeah, there are like dozens of gorgeous countries in Africa that have modern technology, which I know is going to break some people's brains, but it's true. So yeah, I would say, you know, if you grew up with these nasty ass racist textbooks, like go, go check out some, some, there's a bunch of cool shit on Instagram and you can like go and see how people actually live their lives. And the world doesn't suck as much as we were told that it sucks. I'll say that. Yeah. I, yeah, I remember going, I went to Mongolia for like, it was a mission trip. So, but. That's still kind of exotic to me. <laughs> it's exciting. I, I was like, what is the place that is the, this, it was actually my first time out of the country. I was like, oh, damn, I will, I will literally go about as far away as you can go. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. And it was great. It was, I mean, there were, you know, there's, there's, there's a ton of beauty there and there's, I mean, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of like Soviet brutalist architecture as well, <laughs> but, um, Nice. But the ignorance of people in Christian circles about where I was going, like there were racist people that talked about, you better be careful, you know. About or, what? Or, or, or like, you know, she, you're going to get snatched. Hers? Like, well, they, they thought it was in Africa. So they were like, oh they were like you're going to get snatched up by some God. black woman or something. And I was like, first off, why for is what? that a problem? For, for why? <laughs> like, yes, I am an attractive man. I would be flattered. <laughs> for an African woman in Mongolia wanted to marry me. Like, that'd be kind of a real, that'd be a really fucking cool story. I'm not that would lie. be an amazing story, you know. <laughs> but it was just like I remember hearing this 
dude, like just making that joke. And I'm like, I have no response to this. Like, I, right, like, exactly. I, like, this is, this is ignorance on a level that I just want to go like, yeah, I'll make sure I watch out. <laughs> First off, you're the wrong continent. Second, <laughs> it's not how that works. So wild. So yeah, every, any, any way you can help pierce your own ignorance and other people's as well. Unless you run into ignorance so thick it cannot be pierced. <laughs> In which case, just run. Just walk away. So oh, um, that's all I got. Sweet. Same. Christian schooling is uh, problematic. and uh, Yeah, not less than ideal. Less than ideal. And so support your public schools because they need all the help they can get. And support us as well. If you yeah. can. <laughs> patreon.com slash go home bible you can be part of our discord discord community as well unfortunately tori and i've been a little mia from just because life but the people in our discord are not mia which is like honestly the dream that they continue to support each other and organize and do just just cool shit and have like and dox their fur babies mm-hmm. uh, and which is such a delight so you know, thank you all as part um, patrons that are part of the Discord community. You you make it a, a fun place to be. You make a, a tiny pocket of the internet a wonderful mm, place to be. A lovely, enjoyable place. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and that's that is that is the people's work. So check that out. If you can't do that, totally understandable. If you could please give us a five star review and slash or share us with a friend. Say you know a friend that was homeschooled or went to Christian school. Be like, hey, you may find this of interest thanks everybody have a wonderful week and uh we'll see you next time bye bye bye